House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Tell them coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. We're synced up in the central time zone. I'm Kevin in Austin, Texas, and coming to us from Biloxi, Mississippi, Jason Halpin. Good evening, sir. How are you? You know, I'm doing good. We're on this, you know, it's it's 827 for both of us right now. And I mm-hmm. think that's going to make a difference. I think we're gonna, it's going to be noticeably better uh, <laughs> as we're recording this. How is Mississippi? Mississippi's going pretty good. Um, you know, kind of checking out the local scene here. I, I didn't know what to expect from Biloxi. It's very mm-hmm. touristy, like, which I, I, I guess I, maybe I should have known because there's a bunch of casinos, hotels, and stuff down here. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things where, like, you're driving down the street and there's like, oh, that bar has an entrance of a giant shark mouth. That's fun, <laughs> you know? And uh, that one gets so me I enjoy every time. Like that. Gets yeah. me every time. And then you got to take a picture in front of it. What's the weather like down there? Are you getting some Gulf Coast humidity? A little bit of humidity, but it's actually been pretty nice, you know, because okay. it's like the humidity when it's 60 degrees, mm-hmm. that's when it's great, right? Because then I'm like, mm-hmm. the 60 in Vegas is kind of cold. And my a lot of people would be like, no, that's not cold. You coward. And I'm like, okay, fair. But dry 60, 60 in like, yeah, dry 60 is like, hey, I need to bring a, a jacket or mm-hmm. a sweater or something. 60 here, I'm like, oh, man, I'm in a t-shirt. This feels great. Perfect, perfect. And you went to New Orleans too? I flew into New Orleans, um, as I discussed on last week's pod, where I was like psyched to go to Willie Mays Scotch House, best Mm -hmm. fried chicken I've ever had, Mm -hmm. and only to find out when I landed, I was like, let me look, you know, how far am I from from the airport here? And then I see closing at 5 p.m. The only issue with that was landing at 4.30 p.m. But I'm flying out of New Orleans tomorrow uh, at like 6, so I'm, I'm driving in early. And, and and I'm I'm doing it for sure. Oh, is it open on what's tomorrow? Thursday. It is open on Thursdays. <laughs> it is open on Thursdays. I, I already checked. It's open later on Thursdays even. But I'm gonna be there in the afternoon. And uh, yeah, it had to be done. Get there early. Last time I went, there was a line. Yeah, like a pretty yeah. sizable line. But I don't, it wasn't a Thursday afternoon. It was probably a Saturday when I went. Well, I'm excited. We're not recording on a Friday night. I feel more in the rhythm of the week. Now, although we are now still several days away, or we are several days from, excuse me, the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix meet. So I'm, it's a good test, though, because when you have a meet like that and you have, you're excited to see people that you haven't seen in a while, athletes compete, but then you wait a few days, like what's still sticking with you? And I got to be honest, there's only one race that's still sticking with me, mm. and it's the men's 60 with Lyles beating Bale, yeah. barely running 651, setting a personal best, enjoying himself, talking a big game after. What what did you did you think that was a significant race in terms of Lyles's season this year? Like well, we would look back and say, "Oh yeah, we should have all seen it coming at the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix." Uh I mean, I doubt we'll remember that race in like I don't think we'll 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 get the you know, we'll track down his, his season back to that point. But I was legit surprised. I think last week on the show, I, I mean, I said, I was like, 
Bromell's going to beat him because Bromell's a better 60 runner than Noah Lyles, or he has been for the last several years. And like, it, it's not close, right? I mean, Bromell is a true hundred meter runner. Um, it's a really good starter, does all that stuff. Lyles, you know, gets better as it goes on. But him running 651, because, <clears throat> you know, hey, beating Bromell on its own, it's Bromell's first race. You don't know what that actually means, whatever. Him running 651, which is a big PB for him, um, I think it matters a lot. I'm, which I don't know if I've ever said that about a 60 meters before. And <laughs> I'm, but I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, I, I, we obviously knew Lyles was back, set the American record last year, all that fun stuff. But, like, I don't know, 100-meter Lyles now is back, it seems like. Ooh. And that's, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I assumed he'd be at least back to good, but I wasn't sure. And maybe I'm overreacting to a 60, but just the fact that he could run 651, I don't know. I think that does matter. You're saying I should have put actual money on my Lyles double. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's the favorite in the hunter right now, but now I'm like, okay, this dude's he's he's running nine eights. He might run nine seven this year. Like I'm 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 fully in. I'm trying not to get carried away because you know I'm looking at it through the perspective of my bold prediction. So I'm thinking, man, Kevin, you are a genius. Usually at this time, you've already been mathematically eliminated from two <laughs> or three of your bold predictions. So right. I'm looking. For reasons why it's much ado about – not much ado about nothing, but why we won't remember it in two, three months. And, okay, that's easy to do with an indoor race because most times we forget most of what happens I couldn't indoors. tell you anything that happened last year indoors. Yeah. Well, and Christian Coleman's had these seasons where he's run off all these you know world record times in the 60 and had, had a great run. So and but then we always just focus on outdoor and it's hey yeah. what did, what did you do outdoors that's what what we care about really but yeah just the just the improvement a couple hundreds off he's running it two more times so we could even see him go quicker than that he's running against good competition two yep. more times he's got Coleman coming up this weekend in New York then he's gonna get Bromel again in Albuquerque for USA's maybe. Maybe Coleman will show up to that one as well, or maybe there'll be somebody else who's on a good run who can run sub six five. Uh, so I think I think it matters from that perspective. And everybody, this is the clear weakness in his game, and he's addressing it. If it was, if he was an amazing starter, and all those issues came from. 61 meters to 100 meters say right and he did this we'd be like all right whatever yeah of course i'll see outdoors but it is he's addressing the exact thing that he needs to address which makes it actually relevant yeah and even even guys like coleman who you know all-time great 60 meter hurdle or 60 meter runner like and you know we know he's a great starter all this stuff like if he goes out and beats Lyles and runs 647 or whatever, that's great. But I, I mean, I'm like, okay, I, I need to see more outdoors because it's like, this is what you do. This is your expertise. Yeah. You're great at the 60. And that's awesome. And that's helpful for the 100 for sure. But like Lyles, like I said, this is the opposite. <laughs> like this is not his, his specialty at all. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's doing well at it, he was a legit just not good 100 meter runner a couple years ago. And obviously 
he, he just there was things going on, you know, mentally, physically, whatever. And he's it's just like the the you know the swagger is back too. Like he's just a hundred percent like just he's having so much fun with everything he's doing. He's you know kind of talking trash about everything. Like I, I just I feel like when he's in that mode, not only is it obviously so much fun, but it's also just like oh man, like he's capable of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the confidence is is there, and because I, I think he knows that this is this part that he needs to fix too. And yeah, it's all, it, sure. he's in a good position too indoors because if it doesn't go well, okay, eh, I got outdoors. I'm not a 60 meter runner. I'm not a hundred meter runner. I'm a 200 guy. So the pressure's off. So when, then when he does do it, it's, oh man, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, you run the time trial after cross country's over, right? You enter, you enter the road race <laughs> when yeah. track season's over and you just, sometimes you run so much better just because the the pressure is completely off because you're doing a different distance or at a different time than you normally would have. So I like it. What do you say? I own, I own the track. What was this? What was the quote? Uh, something like that. I know I can't even remember. Um, I already forgot it, but yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's obviously a good sign. He's, he's just a hundred percent. Yeah. Back. Not only is he back to you know prime miles, he's he's better than that. So like he's at his absolute best right now. You know, <clears throat> I know they're you know talky and with his confidence. Of course, he's still like you know, hey, break bull record, and that's more two hundred. Like the you know where you have to at least entertain that possible. I guess once you win nineteen thirty one, you can't say nineteen nineteen is impossible. Um, I'm gonna say nine five nine is impossible uh, for him, but it, it just like him doing something like that. It's just, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm fully buying in. Not to say he, I'm not picking him as the gold medal winner yet, but I'm like, okay, he's making the U.S. team. He's, he's going to be a threat. Here's, the, here's one of the quotes. This is the moment I've been working like seven years for. We're not just coming for the 200 world record. We're coming for all the world records. Which I mean, is going to be that. tough in the 5K because... <laughs> Chapter guy's mark is pretty solid. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, like I said, I, at least you know I can't say the 200 world record is impossible because it's. I mean, he wasn't that far away. It's still a long way to go, but it's not impossible. Uh, if he runs the 100 meter world record, I will. Uh, I don't know. I would be completely, completely blown away. But I, I like that he's at least going for that. Yeah, what do you think the Everybody's doing all this math now. Oh, I improved by this much, and that I was in nineteen three shape. I think what everybody forgets is we don't know what he would have run the sixty in yes last year when he ran the nineteen three. Yeah, there's we, no, there, there's really no line you could draw. It's all guesswork, of course, and it always is. But I think you could at least go. Okay, well he's he ran the American record. He ran nineteen three. He did that, and now he's running his best sixty ever. Just between those two, all right, he's probably going to be better in the 100 than he's ever been. Like, that's a fair line to draw, I think. Yeah, but also, we've been tricked, before, not by him, but just like indoors always just, <laughs> it's my house now, was the quote he said. Which was weird, because it was like the first meet they had at this track. <laughs> it was like, new- in Backstreet Boys' first album, they said, Backstreet's back, all right. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, you guys are new. You're, where are you back from? You know, <laughs> uh, fall down seven times, get up eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. 
What happened to the seventh time? Yeah, how did you get up when you weren't down? <laughs> just it was two falls on the second. Chumbawamba one. was wondering that as well, but it's <laughs> oh my gosh, we're not we're not going to the Chumbawamba references this early in the show, are we? Um, uh, so, yeah, no, sorry, those are usually served for hour two. <laughs> okay, trying to look at what else really rises to this level. I mean, Leah Hobbs, she's crushing it. Um, Looks great. Yep, <clears throat> Aj Wilson. One again, Mariano Garcia of Spain. One, Laura Mir. Our Laura. Every time you say Mariano Garcia, I think of Mariano Haro of Spain. Yeah, but it's so similar. And you know, I bought all of the Mariano Garcia stock last year. Yeah, how you feeling and, about uh, it? I mean, I maybe I was a year early, but I'm still in. One forty-five twenty-six. He did this exact same thing last year. He did, which you know, but maybe it took him a year, and he still he looked he he started very bad outdoors. He finished last, I think, in like three straight races. But then he seemed to find his his groove, or at least he was running all right. Um, and the men's eight sucks until further notice. <laughs> so maybe the Holloway race would have been the next most important one, just because he's got a win streak going. He ran seven thirty eight, which is good. yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun just to watch him <clears throat> just dominate that, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, it's yeah, it's not surprising or it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right, but it's just like, hey, when you've when you've won a ton in a row, I want to, I keep wanting to see, you know, make sure you, you keep it up, basically. Woody Kincaid, big kick, wins the three k. Yep, looking. I mean, not surprising, but I guess based on what he did earlier. But like, yeah, he's uh, he's looking really solid, and with the way he runs, I mean, you'd think he he could be uh he could be a real player, like in the the actual, you know, in the five k. Like it's it's. I mean, no longer is everyone sitting around and running, you know, whatever, 1340. But, like, he's proved he can run fast. He's the way he kicked off his fast finish. Like, I mean, it just seems like he's set up really, really nicely. Was there anything else on this one? No, I don't think so. I mean, Sydney didn't make the final. Not surprising. Right? Oh, yeah, we, we forgot about that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I don't. Just again, missed that it. Does, that doesn't mean anything, right? Yes, yeah, so you finished ninth, right? Um, she beat Sharika Jackson. Yeah, which that was weird. But again, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. But also, this is why I didn't really care that you ran the 60. <laughs> because it's so far away from your event that, like, you know, the they, only way it would have been interesting if she would have finished, like, fourth. And she, that was zero chance of that happening. They ran the prelims before the TV window started. <laughs> Nothing like getting your biggest athlete to be out before TV even starts. Yeah, and the feed I was watching, they didn't show it. I'm guessing probably on the main NBC feed they showed it. Oh, and we have a Angry World Record song for Femke Bowl. I don't uh, know if yeah. you – I don't know. Do you remember your prediction? <sighs> Which one? The Femke Bowl. This, remember the 500 prediction? We were looking, and the fastest oh, time right. was from what? Yeah. 40 years ago, and on the roads. What it was the all sorts of weird stuff. I think 60, did we set it at 66.5 or something? Anyway, she ran 65.6. So, Ooh. world's record for her, but it's in the 500, so you don't get the. Yeah, angry for sure, but still, you know, impressive. Congrats, Femke. Do a thing that no one's ever done. Higher, faster, farther, more points never been earned. World record. 
So now that she's got the 500 world record indoors, I think she should go for the 400 meter hurdle world record. I think that's the mm. next one in terms of levels of difficulty. It's the most logical, you know, like, I mean, it, it's probably the closest you can get to a 500, right? And it's 400 hurdles. Um, I think she's going to get a lot better at the 400 hurdles. I thought you were going to 500. No, <laughs> but I think she is going to get better. And I think she's going to like drop her time significantly. Obviously, I don't, I don't think she's going to break the 400 meter world, uh, 400 hurdles world, world record, but uh, I think she could run something really, really fast. Hear I mean, me she's out. She's amazing. It's just like if it wasn't for her, Sydney, um, you know, who's going to do the double apparently, which is awesome. Um, wait, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. You think she's doing the double for sure? Uh, isn't she? Did she? She kind of threw that out there a little bit, right? Well, you talking about this weekend? No, no. I'm saying for the oh, before, before. Yeah. yeah. But then this weekend they asked her and she said, like everything's on the table. Which she's going to be like, that's means, twice the amount of, I usually run. Um, I think, what about this idea? Femke Bowl just turns her attention to the 500 permanently mm. and just dominates the all-times list because there's an, most people in, wouldn't know outside of track that the 500 is not a real event. And you could just go around saying, I have the top 15 performances all time <laughs> in the 500. Like, I'm considered one, I'm the greatest 500 meter runner of all time you get like ad campaigns about you like tons of sponsorship money and then when they say well how many medals did you win the olympics for the 500 yeah stop focus on that i have the top 15 times ever (laughs) in the women's 500 it's a swimming event that's true um it seems like a rounder number even you know 500 versus 400 if you don't know anything about track um yeah i mean she's you know, if Sydney runs the 400 hurdles, like, I mean, she's a lock for worst case for silver, right? Um, I just she, think. And then is Sydney going to make the full move to the 400 at some point? Like, then it's. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, then, the best in the world. Um, just, it's a clever marketing move, I think. She, to, she And she could maybe be the second best 400 meter run in the world <laughs> with some with some effort. Who knows? All right. Sean Mowebo's out for a while, at least. So we know that. Yeah. She's given birth. So congrats, so, congrats to them. Absolutely. Shani and her uh, husband, sure, Maciel. A very fast child. <laughs> Tarun World Indoor, which was today. Uh, two results I want to talk about. Sagai, Gudolf Sagai went for the world record in the women's mile. Came up short, ran 4.16, which is the second fastest in history. And Key Lee Hodgkinson. Ooh, our Key Lee. Won 57.9. Not a PB, but... Looked really looks good really, against really good. a really good field. Yeah. She looks ready to roll. She does. And obviously we know how close her and Mo were last year. Um, and, and Mo pulled out of Milrose, right? Correct. Um, the 600 at Milrose. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think Mo is, you know, obviously been obviously far and away the best 800 meter runner in the world. Last couple of years, you know, she hasn't lost since what twenty twenty. She's incredible, but Keely looks she like lose she's twenty twenty. I I I think I saw that somewhere, but maybe it, maybe it was before that. I could be uh, I could be underselling her even somehow. Um, and I I, Go ahead. I love a thing, Mo. I think she's in, I think you know I think she's amazing. It looks like Hodgkinson. I think Hodgkinson is making a leap this year, and Mo wasn't as good last year. Like, she was enough – she didn't lose race. She won the gold medal, which just states how insanely 
amazing she is. But like, oh, she did lose uh, in twenty twenty. You're right. Sorry. Okay, so it was twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, but she, you know, uh, Aji Wilson was really close in USA's. Keely Hodgkinson was really close at Worlds. Like there was, she wasn't dominant like she was the year before, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. was just like where there was the, the year before it was no doubts, right? She was mm-hmm. just completely on a different level. And last year you go, okay, she was better, and she went undefeated, and she won gold. Like you can't, if you look at the results, you can't do better than that. But Keely was real close. And it looks like Keeley's gotten better. So Mo better be better, right? Like, I mean, if she wants to hang on to this stranglehold of the 800, I think she actually has to kind of get back to that 2021 level or or maybe even improve. Because I, I do think Keeley's going to, you know, put <clears throat> 154 or better out there. 154? I do. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. But I'm also not like against. I'm not saying like, oh, she's taking over from Mo because I think Mo has that in her too. Like I could see both of them breaking 155 in the same race. I'm looking at what did she go last year in the eight? She was slower last. Yeah, she was only 156 last year. Yeah, it was like kind of a you know. I'm talking about Hodgkinson. Hodgkinson because well, yeah, but the, but her and Mo, right? They were the same. Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and they were both amazing. Like it's just like, but Mo or, was unquestionably better in 2021 where one goes the other one goes i yeah she like would you absolutely bet on mo going undefeated and and gold again i would just because i can't picture her losing that's fair and i and i know those races were close but until she loses i'm just gonna go with the fact that she's the big favorite still See, and I, I agree she's a, she's the favorite, but I don't think she's a big favorite. So that Olympic final, like it was a dominant run for Mo, but Hodgkinson still ran 155. Yeah, That's it. They it. both ran 155. Yeah, I mean. But it was it was a it was clear who was going to win it, right? You'd, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. But the, the Eugene, world championship, like, different. That, was not cl- that was not clear at all. No, and it, USA's wasn't even clear at all. I don't know. I mean, she switched coaches too, so we don't know. And then she's pulling out of this race. We don't know why. I thought she'd try to get that 600 meter record back. I think you'd have to say the gap is closing just because you haven't seen one person race and the other person looks like they're right at where they were, or maybe even a bit better. I, and they, I won- cl- and they, the gap closed last year, right? From 2021 to 2022, it clearly closed just because. And you could say, hey, Mo wasn't as good, so that's why it yeah. closed. Or he, you know, I don't know if Keeley got better because she didn't run a PR or anything, but you know, and and maybe I mean, I think Mo is twenty. <laughs> like, so, so is Keeley. So is Keeley. That's the thing. It's like they're both so young and mm-hmm. so insanely talented. Um, so it's like them making some sort of leap is not crazy at all yeah um but they're already at such a high level you know like i said they're both 155 runners um yeah i mean it's it's just and you know i mean mary mora she didn't do do much here but she's 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 a close third i guess but Mm -hmm. um yeah i I mean i could see like i said i I just think mo's gonna have to at the very least get to 2021 levels and she might have to be better than that to to be keely i want to go through these milrose start lists and i want to put each race into one of three categories. Okay. Races that matter to you. Races okay. that may not matter but are fun. 
and then gotcha. races that are filler. Gotcha. All right. Do you want to play this game with me? Let's do it. All right. We're, of course, just focusing on the the pro races. We're not going to talk about the, you know, U8 boys, 55. <laughs> uh, fun. <laughs> All right. Here we go. First one, women's 60 hurdles. Hall, Nelvis, Tania Marshall, Anna Cockerell, Nia Ali, Devin Charlton, who just won. What would you say? Where, what category would you put that one in? There's a lot of talent here, but I think it's filler. I, I don't know if I'm. This is going to tell me anything. It could be fun, mm-hmm. but like I mean, I, I you know you're missing some really really big names here. So I just I, I don't know if it, I can get much out of it. All right, next one. Well, this is the B mile. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the B mile. That's filler by definition. Uh, women's 60, Kenny Harrison, Aaliyah Hobbs, who's mm. broken seven this year. Uh, Makaya Briscoe, Tamari Davis, uh, Shanti Jackson's also in there, Melissa Jefferson, Mary Breath St. Price, Gardner, and Barnes. I'm going to go with fun only because I think it's so rare for a 60 to mean anything. And... But well, like this is, there's a lot of really good talent in here. But like, even if Olya Hobbs goes even faster, yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know if I make that mean something. Well, it's gonna be fun for sure. She's getting close to the American record. That's, that's true. That's why and that's I really think, fun. But is that? I, I guess think, maybe maybe that's mean. Maybe that starts leaning on meaningful. I think I would put it in the middle category. I think I would put it towards fun. Yeah, it's uh, definitely fun. It's a bare minimum. Sub sevens are rare. She's already run one. She dominated in Boston, and she only needs to get three hundredths to get Gail Devers' American record, and then that puts yeah, her. That'd in. be pretty cool. That I, I I don't know how much it means, but I would be like, I think it just deserves meaningful at that point because he broke yeah. Gail Devers' record. Yeah, and there'd only be one woman ahead of her, Prevalova, who has the top four times in in history, and. It would set up nicely for USA's, which is at altitude. If Hobbs runs there at Albuquerque, then you say, all right, is world record a possibility? Maybe she not, doesn't get the American record here, but she gets close. She gets 96 or 97. And then you're also asking yourself the same thing. Hey, can she get that record when it uh, we get to Albuquerque for USA's? All right. Yeah. Men's 60. Noah Lyles, Josephus Lyles, Travis Williams, Nicholas Harbor, high schooler, foot, football and track star, Christian Coleman, Miles Lewis, Kendall Williams, and Kobe Hilton. I'm going to say there's a very small group of people every indoor season who like 100% buy into the indoor season on, yeah. the, on, the pro, on the pro side of things. And even fewer do it when there's no world indoor championships. And even fewer are legit superstars. Noah Lyles is that person this year. I think this race matters because it's him versus Coleman. It's him versus the clock too to see how much better he can get. We already talked in the first segment about what this means for his potential in the 100 outdoors. I think this is like you know, one of, if not the most consequential race of the entire meet. Yeah, I, I agree. I know I just said 60s don't matter because I generally, genuinely do believe that. But, but, <laughs> Noah Lyles is ran 61. He's, you know, he's on a path to prove something, as he's pretty much said. If he could take down Bramell and Coleman at their own game, back to back, like I'm not saying that's like, hey, checkmate, guys, it's all over, but like it does matter, and it does kind of like play into that mental game a little bit too. It's like, dude, Coleman, you've been, you know, it's the best 60 meter 
runner ever, maybe. Like, you you shoot out of a cannon and out of the start list, like, uh, out of the, uh, the, uh, the blocks. Like, you're so good at this. Mm-hmm. And you know Lyles is better in the second half of the race. So if Lyles could beat you in a 60, like, and I know, you know, whatever, Confidence, Coleman's getting started. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it, you know, I'm not saying it, it, it decides the rest of the season, but I absolutely think that could, that could creep into your subconscious a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Someone comes into your backyard, beats you at your event. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a, a small thing. <sighs> All right, so we agree. That one yep. is a race that matters. Yep. Let's go now. Wim, women's – oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, men's shot's going to be good. Krauser, Kovacs. Go, yeah. Goes without saying. Men's eight. Here we go. Men's eight. Filler. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry, Hopple, English, Harris, Langford, Lopez, Murphy, Cabet, Cade Flat, CJ Jones. Just definitely act. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's just, got the high end of being fun. Um, I think it's more likely to be filler, but hopefully it's fun. Yeah. If someone has a great race here, you're just like, all right, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. I, I, I will take nothing out of this race. That, that I promise you. Women's I don't care if Bryce Hopple runs 141. Like I just, I refuse <laughs> to take anything out of it. No, I will take something away from it if he runs that. But just compare this to a few years ago when Brazier was showing up to this thing and just teeing off. Yeah, like at least that was something. I mean, like I said, it, I, I don't know. Five different guys could win this race, and I'd be like, cool. See you in outdoors. Yeah. All right, women's 3,000. So the the big names here, Cranny, Monson, Tui. I think this is going to be fun. Fun, yeah. You're going to have a good mix of collegians. There's a couple other top collegians in there. And big name pros. Monson was really good two weeks ago at Dr. Sander. Seeing her versus Cranny, I think, is good because that's that's going to be the 5,000 matchup and yeah. the 10,000 meter matchup for the team. Like one of those, one of those, there's a very short list of people who could make the, the team in the women's five and the 10, and they are both on it. So, and then Tui, I'm sure, I don't know what the collegiate record is in the 3,000. But it's about right. to be whatever she runs in this race. Yes, very likely. Yeah. So I, I got that one as fun. Yeah, agreed, one hundred percent. I think it's, I think it's likely to be fun. I don't think it's likely to be more than that. But that's, yeah, that's fine for an indoor three thousand. I think it's a win. All right, men's four. I was gonna say filler, but I watched the race last week, and it was kind of cool because Noah Williams passed on the inside, and he passed his training partner Jareem Richards on the inside. <laughs> And both yeah. of them are back. So I just think it's it will be interesting. And Cherry and Devin, like, it's only four guys. But, like, that's, that's, that's a pretty good foursome. Yeah, not a bad – like, this is this is as good as you can get, maybe, indoor 400 yeah, non-world honestly. championship year. And I, I just think it's – we very rarely see people run with the level of – you know, indoors are so compact that you get to see people run in, in quick succession. So, I don't know. I'm just curious if Richards is in the lead again – with 50 meters to go, is he just completely hugging that rail to make sure his teammate doesn't pass him on the inside? So I think this one is is fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I think normally uh, indoor 400 is, is the definition of filler. At least it's four names that I recognize. Yeah. It's not complete. You know, like, like the, the, they're, they're trying to do something here. So at the very least, it, 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 I, think it could, I think it can absolutely approach fun. Men's three. Some names in this one. Josh Kerr, medalist in the 1500. Grijalva, 
fourth place yeah. at the World Championships. Surprise, fourth place. Uh, Nico Young, collegiate superstar. Cooper Tier. Yeah. One of the bright young stars. Made the world team. Uh, Joe Clucker, coming off a fast 5,000, was leading with 200 to go, and Woody Kincaid caught him, but ran an all-time mark. Uh, Jordy Beamish, big closer as well in there. It definitely doesn't mean anything. Nope. <laughs> I was to say, like, I, I, I'm willing to accept fun, uh, just because there are some, there's some talent in here, so I yeah. think it's interesting. But yeah, it definitely doesn't mean anything. I could also see this is the one of these guys wins, and we get way too carried away with what it means. Yeah, and that's why I'm going with it doesn't matter <laughs> because it's just like it's 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 I don't know. And I I know like hey I'm saying hey the sixty doesn't really matter, and I'm saying I like when and then I go to distance, and I'm like well these don't really matter. It's so early, so it's like am I mainly saying indoors don't matter that much? Yes, that is what I'm saying. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy the races. Yeah. But the reason that 60 matters is because Noah Lyles has decided it matters. That's the only reason. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, like I said, Coleman ripping off 649s is great. Yeah. But it means nothing. Lyles has defined his season. Lyles has said, basically, this is what it means to be successful indoors. And put some parameters around it. And now we're all watching and, and waiting to see what he does. There's a lot of medalists well medalists and potential you know top five top 10 guys in the world in this men's 3000 but we don't know what any of it means in the context of their season like we do with lyle so that's why i think it's yeah it's just just filler it's so oh, often it's so rare you can actually learn something yes from indoors i mean that's that's really it right i mean it's yeah because people make a, a an appearance or two again and, and they don't connect it necessarily to outdoors but that's what we're seeing in that one race Okay, women's 300. Women's 300. Brown, Anderson, Abby Steiner, Jenna Prandini. It's, yeah, I mean. Phil, it's a fun. 300. Oh, you're on It fun? is, okay. but I, I, I'm going to go 300 mainly because Abby Steiner, um, she's really good at the two, the four. She could run something fast, even though I'm not going to know what it actually is, if it's fast or not. Oh, let's play the game. When I see let's the time. Play the game. Oh, let's man. play the game. I'm pulling it up here. 300. Here we go. But not outdoors. Let's go indoors. <laughs> All right. First, do you want to guess the world record, or how do you want to do this? Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to end poorly. Actually, no, no, no. Don't predict the world record. Predict. Do you think Abby Steiner is going to win? Yes. Okay. What's her time going to be? And I hope you pick a time that's four seconds faster. That's at the least close. Okay. So let's see. Uh, so we know fast in the 200 means like uh, sub 22. And we know fast in the 400 is like 49. So I'm going to guess 35 seconds. 35.5. Is what she's going to run? That's what she's going to run. Okay, if she runs 35.5, she'll be number three all-time indoors. We actually have a okay. tie, f- tie for the world record between Prevalova, who's the 60-meter world record holder, and Shawnee Milarebo at 35.45. Okay. I, th- I think... That's not a terrible take. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that. You did a good job. I think she'd get the world record. It just depends how... She could, she, yeah. I mean, I... Takes it. That's it, because we don't know, yeah, Privilova or Miller-Waybo, how seriously they ever took it. 
but yeah, Sam Pavlova took it seriously because it looks like she took everything in indoors seriously. That's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so yeah, I, I think she could run really fast. And I, I mean, mainly I'm like, man, if I give the men's 400 fun, I feel like I, this field's close okay. to as good. So it could be it could be just as entertaining, right? Either way, I'm not taking anything from it. But I just yeah. like Abby Steiner. Abby Steiner's that kind of athlete, I think. All right, now we're going to the women's 600, which was going to have a thing, Mo. It doesn't. It that, has Aj- yeah. Ajay Wilson, Shamir Little, Allie Wilson, Brenna Detcher, and Sophia Gararian. Uh, listen, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Ajay Wilson is going to run 159, and she's going to win. <laughs> I've seen this race. I've seen this race many times. Actually, not. She's not going to run 159 because it's a say, 600. I was going to say, if she runs 159, that would be <laughs> Okay. It's actually maybe it's more interesting because it's a six hundred then because <laughs> maybe I mean somebody can beat her but nobody's gonna beat her it's at the armory she's gonna run let's see what's her PB in the six hundred one twenty three eight really I hmm. I wanted to look this up because I was gonna make you guess but then I just threw that out there she's the fourth fastest ever she's also the seventh fastest ever she's <laughs> the twelfth fastest ever yeah okay American record a thing Mo has it one twenty three fifty seven. I guess that's uh, the so I'll put it to fun just because we'll get to compare all time lists. But this, yeah, it's 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 really it's trying on the border. to scrape its way to fun. I'll be <laughs> honest. It's I mean I think Mo in here, sure, absolutely because I think Mo I think Mo is fun by herself, and maybe maybe Wilson is. It's hard to say at this point. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 to me it's in between, you know, filler and and fun and fun. All right, women's mile. Laura Muir is the headline. You got Ricky in there. Stafford's been running well. Lucia Stafford. Sinclair Johnson. Sage Herdeklecker. I mean, I just I want a bit more firepower in this race. Yeah. But it is the Wanamaker mile. And Laura Muir is so fun. So yeah, I'll give it fun. I, yeah. Men's I do think I do think Laura Muir is fun by herself. So I, I think I don't I don't know if it could go below that. Men's mile. Prakel Hunter, Iliad Kipsang. Not Iliad Kipchoge. Johnny Gregoric, yeah. Eric Holt, uh Cole Hawker, Josh Thompson, Oliver Hoare, Mario Garcia Moromo, Yared Nagoose, who just broke the three K yeah. record, Luke McCann, Sam Con- uh Sam Tanner, Neil Gorley. This one I think is just confined to fun status. Because yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I want it to mean something, but I just don't think it really can. Who's your pick? Is it Nagus? I was just thinking that. Yeah, I mean, you know, before the season, you would have Hoare. Hawker. Hawker, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Um, I'm most curious about Hawker out of anybody in here. Nagus, I think, is the safest pick. But then. Yeah, if Nagus kind of rolls everybody, I mean, I'm not saying that means something huge but it's kind of like okay we're getting two in a row to where this is starting to i i feel like you know all sensors up on on the goose for the rest of the rest of the year at that point right yeah i i think he's huge talent and he's going against people in this race that he's gonna have to beat to make a u.s team with hawker yeah. and thompson and gregoric and I still don't think, like, you know, an indoor mile in February just can mean that much overall. But, like, I do think it's like, okay, you know, Nagus, I mean, already clearly on the map and already put, like, his stamp 
yeah. on indoors, but like this would just be another step in that. So that would be, you know, it, it's, I agree it's fun, but it's probably a little higher on the, you know, leaning towards could mean something, but still probably not. So we could look at history here. Oliver Hoare won it last year. Yeah, and a, Oliver Hoare's awesome. So he had a, he had a good season, but USA's didn't or Worlds didn't go well for him. Chris O'Hare won it in 2020. Kajelka won it in 2019. What was that? Was the okay? Kajelka went crazy that indoors, right? That was where he broke the yeah with record. And what did he do outdoors in 2019? I'm trying. Didn't he get hurt? It didn't go well, is what I remember. Okay, I'm pulling this up. Because we always have these in so outdoors. Twenty nineteen, he got uh, silver and ten thousand. Okay, never mind. I retract everything I just said. <laughs> but I mean, you probably thought gold after some of those indoor runs, right? He ran. Yeah, I mean, he he broke the indoor mile world record. Three forty seven. Yeah, in March. Three forty eight. Um, but got yeah, got the silver medal in the in the ten thousand. I mean, okay. That's, that's so, yes, yeah. so good. All right, and then. O'Hare, Jenkins, Centro, Will Lear, LeMong, Centro, Mekinen, and then Lagat won it from 2010. It's a pretty good list of names, though. 2005. Yeah, the field's always pretty good. I mean, so. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's not like they, yeah, it's not it's not a filler type field by any means. Yeah. I just, we always forget the people who like tear, tear up indoors and then have a bad outdoor. Yeah, and but, that happens just as often for sure. But I guess Kajelka's not. Not that's that's not the season I was thinking of. Right. Maybe I just maybe I expected more fast time. Outdoors he ran thirteen ten at Peyton Jordan, thirteen oh four, thirteen flat, and then thirteen oh one. And then he yeah, quali- that's s- slower than I would have expected for sure. Yeah. Now this is twenty nineteen, so this is back when times mattered. Uh twenty six forty nine at the trials, Ethiopian trials in Hangalo to qualify. And then he ran twenty six forty nine in Qatar. Oh, pre-classic mile, he got 13th and ran 358. Maybe that's where I started thinking, mm. hey, that's weird. Yeah. Indoors, you ran 11 <laughs> seconds faster. Yeah, like, what the hell? What happened, man? Where did that go wrong? All right, so all in all, I think that averages out to fun. So Melrose will be fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly fun, which, I mean, you know, that's all you really want from indoors, right? Fun, 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 fun. Yeah. Till your daddy takes the keyboard away. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, now it's time for the. I'm most... dropping song references like way too often right now. I don't know what what the deal is, but yeah, must be the central time zone. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that once you get past the plain states, it's all song references. Dos Santos. Ah oh, man, he's hurt. He hurt himself in training. Requires knee surgery. From what I gather, based on these translations, none of these articles are in English, so you have to use Google Translate. It looks like a lateral tear of his meniscus on his right leg, and they're deciding whether or not to just remove the mis- meniscus entirely, or, or repair, right, or to shave it out. Now you tore your meniscus, correct? I did. You and did I, as well. I tore my meniscus. So, and we've watched Dos Santos hurdle a lot, so I think we're qualified more than. Anybody in the world? I think I, I look. I'm looking at a spreadsheet right now, and it's just basically us, us and Dos Santos himself as the foremost experts on this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, first of all, giant bummer. Um, but so if you if you do the removal, that's what is it like 
eight to 12 weeks or something like that. Shorter. Yeah. There's still a huge range, but yeah, it's shorter than yeah, it Yeah. It could, it could vary a lot. So, you know, let, let, let's say three months and, you know, I don't know if that's optimistic or, or, or I don't know, but let's, let's just play with that date for now. That'd bring it back in May, which is a lot of time mm-hmm. to run some races and, and get in your, get your group back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you repair, I feel like that's like four to six months. And again, I might be talking completely out of, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so if that's the case, then we're talking, you know, you're probably not competing in Worlds. So that would be, I mean, that would just suck, right? I mean, like, we're, we're coming off last year with, with uh, Warholm getting hurt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Benjamin being, I guess, not 100%. And Dos Santos, like, asserting himself as like the guy yeah and i was obviously we were all hoping that we would have like the warholm comeback year yeah while dos santos at the top of his powers and then you know somehow benjamin finishes second again um but like that combo would have been amazing and this obviously throws a throws a wrench into it did you get yours removed or was yours just repaired uh yes removed Okay, and how long was your? Do you remember your recovery? God, I was just trying to think of it. Um, I guess we go back and listen to the pods where you right, had it. That's true. It's... Mine took way freaking longer than I thought, and mine was mine was repaired too. It wasn't removed. I would but also I remember... say I was a, you know, I mean I did yeah do as well as I should have. Been. Yeah. No, I was, I mean I was doing everything what I was supposed to, and I was this was twenty twelve. So what was I? I was south of 30, right? But it just took a while. It, it, yeah. t- it took a while. Now, he's really young. I'm looking at this. Pretty good Cle- athlete, too. That probably doesn't hurt, right? Cleveland Clinic says six weeks to three months. So, so for certain. Wide range. Yeah. Yeah. But it, just, it just depends. Because there's different things they can do, right? Like the way yeah, they. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. The way they shave so, it. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be so many. You know, obviously, he'll have the best doctors and he'll have the best recovery and everything like that, but we don't know how bad it is, right, and, like, what it'll take. So I, this could go any number of ways. So obviously we're hoping for the kind of the best-case scenario, if he could be back in two, three months. I just know. find it hard to – now, I think he'll definitely be available by the time the World Championships roll around. It's just a question of what sort of shape – like, has he been able to do any sort of training to get ready? Because I just – he's an elite athlete. It's the beginning of February. I just don't think a meniscus tear is going to knock him out that long. We've seen enough athletes in other sports have time to, to get it back. Now, those athletes aren't coming back for one event where it's all or nothing. Usually they're coming back later in the season and they can incorporate themselves and get used to the the game again. With Dos Santos, he would come back and it would be a lot, but... If it's only six weeks, he'll be back by the beginning of outdoor. The, the thing is, he's not going to – no matter how you slice it, I don't think he's going to be at his best unless he recovers really well, and he needs to be at his best for this thing to reach its potential. And Warholm's running indoor 400s. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, if you want to know how confident he is. Even 400-meter runners don't want to run indoor 400s, and Nor- Warholm's out there crushing them. So I'm assuming Benjamin's going to be good too. So – I think we'll get Dos Santos back this year. 
It's just, can he be at the obscenely high level that he needs to be at to compete in this event and to take the event where, you know, where we, where we want it to go? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's, so I, I mean, I, I wish I could even have a percent. I mean, <laughs> I'm tempted to say like 50, 50, like if he's, you know, if he's back in, if he's back running in 10 weeks and can like work his way up, then it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty confident he could get most of the way to normal. Right. I mean, it seems, it doesn't seem crazy. Um, but like, it's, you know, if that, if that goes more like three to four months, then that's just, that makes the timeline tighter. And then he's trying to do what Warholm did last year. Yeah. How much time do you, exactly, exactly. That's a very good comparison where he had, Wait, did he did he have a race before Worlds? I think he. Man, I think he had one, but now I'm even questioning that. He was basic. He used the first round to get through it, and then, like to get to get reps basically. And let's see, twenty twenty two. No, he didn't. He literally didn't run in between. He he got hurt in that race in Rabat, and then his next race was the first round of World Championships. Then by the end of the year, he was looking okay because he won Euros. <laughs> so he turned it around pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, but he's he, ran yeah, out of time. Just, you know, and he time. had what you know, three hundred meters worth in Worlds, where he looked like himself and wasn't able to, to come around though because he just didn't have the have the prep. And that was hamstring, right? Which so. I would think the hamstring would be even worse. I mean, the knee is obviously not yeah. great at all, but hamstring hurdle sprinting like that just seems like the worst thing you could possibly have well let's say he goes in right now and the recovery is six weeks that means he would be back by the end of march and, and that he, would i mean that would be nothing yeah i mean he'd have not to say it wouldn't hurt him at all but like i mean that like, you know he'd, he'd have really april april may june july like four months to get going again not ideal but I want this so badly. I want all three. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I just want it to be good. It's so frustrating, man. I saw the news. I just wanted to throw something. It was not a healthy reaction to a professional athlete. No, I was. Hurt. I was upset. <laughs> you know, because like I like you know. I mean, I, I love those. Like to say, I, I you know, I root for Warholm, but also like I just root for these guys because they're so good. And Dos Santos, how could you not love that guy? He's just yeah. so much fun, and he's so so good. And so all I want is just these guys squaring off. That's it. It's yeah. the only thing I really more than anything else in track and field right now. I just want those three guys like a hundred percent on the line at Worlds. All right, you ready for email? Yeah. All right, we'll start first with David. Um, Formerly from Eugene, Chicago, now Providence, a.k.a. the Big Three. Ooh, drink twice. Uh, hey, all. think you said it last week, but it's reinforced for me watching the New Balance Inter Grand Prix over the weekend. How silly it is to see top runners ducking each other in track and field. Both Sydney, McLaughlin, and Femke Bull were at the meet and ran different events. Sydney ran the 60 prelims. Bull set the world record in the 500. It feels like some outdated adage that coaches, agents, meet organizers, advertisers preach to athletes to not go head-to-head. Keep us wondering who is better between the two. But we know who is better over the 400 hurdles. We don't know who is better over the 500. I think it's just, I, th- I just think it's disappointing as a fan that this happens as much as it does. A good contrast would be Noah Lyles. I'm sure meet organizers would have obliged if he would have wanted to run some strange off distance and grab a 150 meter indoor world record. 
He instead raced good competition in the 60 and 1. His post-race interview was good. He's running the 60 to work on his start, and it has him excited to run faster at the 1 and the 2. More of that, please. Um, he continues, uh, T.O. and Grant Williams were both at the meet. Hmm. Grant Williams of the uh, Boston oh, Celtics. Celtics. I wonder if he fouled out of the meet. <laughs> I watched the meet on replay and didn't see them highlighted. But track and field should do more of this. The NBA always has cool people at events. We should invite people like this to big track meets and get some exposure. A lot of athletes in major sports ran track and like the sport. Let's get them to the meets. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with David all across the board here. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, I hate <clears throat> runners dodging each other for no reason. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. If they had raced in the 500, it did not really matter who wins and even if even if Sydney had lost in an event that doesn't exist outdoors it <laughs> wouldn't have mattered except it would have maybe just drawn more attention to it which is not a bad thing um so you would have rather have seen her in the 500 now is is that because Femke Bowl was in the 500 yes. or is that because the 500 is closer to her event no no exclusively because Femke Bowl was there okay if, so if Bowl was not there i, I doesn't it doesn't matter either way um because bowl was there yes i would rather see square off against would i rather see, see her square off against her second best runner in her event or finish ninth and not make a final in the 60 um yeah i'm gonna go against Femke Bowl. but say it was the 200 say it was something closer to her f- event and she was running against sharika jackson or she was running against that would yeah one okay, of the that's super- that's a fair you know if that happened You'd have my attention. The 60 is just so far away. Like where it, even on the surface, I was like, fine, she's going to run it. But like, I didn't expect her to make the final. Yeah. And if I did, I expected her to finish like eighth. And it it just, you know, there was just no fun from that to be had. I guess if the matchup doesn't happen, but then you run a different race where you get beat, I'm not going to blame you that much. Because then you're you're not ducking because you don't want to lose because you're going and you're losing in another event. I, yeah, I, but I'm also saving like saving my frustration for when it's when it's the other direction. Sydney runs the if she they had her in a four hundred and Bull in a five hundred and she wins by fifty meters. That would make me more upset because theoretically, theoretically, yes, like we want we want to program these meets and have the best matchups possible but the reality is the athletes get to pick too and if she wants like her running the 60 to work on her speed is a plausible enough reason for me again as a fan nah. it's not it's not what it, well she did the high hurdles last year outdoors and it worked out pretty well her, for her in the four yeah but running so. a one-off 60 i don't think is I, you you can't convince me that's like hey i'm working on my speed i'm running this 160 meter Oh, um, uh, event yeah. at this event, I have to show up to because my sponsors. Again, I, I, you, no, don't don't misconstrue this with like I like this. This was exciting. I'm just saying there's levels to it <laughs> of frustration, and this one is not at the top because she still ran. She ran a real event, which is the 60, and she ran against real competition. Would I have preferred to see her against Bull? Yeah, but she would have beaten Bull. I mean, I probably like, yeah. We're not. I let's mean, stop pretending this is a rivalry. It's not. It's not a rivalry. Hodgkinson and Mo is a much closer rivalry by a huge order of magnitude than Sydney and Bull. 
Just because she's getting second to her doesn't make it a rivalry. I mean, those, those races aren't close. They're not. No. I, I, you know, I don't think it, like I said, again, I don't think that would be a big deal. But also, like, I don't know, putting herself in a position to lose a 60-meter prelim. I don't think that's like, oh, well, she wasn't dodging a competition because she, you know, was in this off event. But it's like, that didn't matter at all. Like, where the, and not that but nothing the 500. But really, right? No, the not that the 500 matter. would have been a huge deal. But, like, even that, that whatever it is, 2% chance that Femke Bowl beats her in a 500, that matters more to her than losing, than, than just getting walked over in a 60 because, of course, she got walked over in a 60, right? Like, but, I mean, there was, there was nothing to be lost running the 60. In my, yeah, but there, to me, there's nothing to be lost in a lot of these races, and yet athletes still don't run them. That's what I'm saying. We're, I, I grade it on a different scale. I, I grade it on a more forgiving scale, I guess, just because it could be so much worse. And also, I mean, isn't New Balance partially responsible? They want to spread all their athletes out, right? That They have Gabby Thomas win the 300. They have Femke Bowl win a 500. They put Sydney in a 60. They're, like, they're spreading out the talent as much as they can because it's their meet. It's a promotional event for them and they want pictures of their athletes crossing the line first. Which yeah, but I, I think guess if you, you really want to sell your event, then I think you could sell Sydney versus Femke way more than you could be like, watch Sydney finish ninth. Would it have made you more mad if she ran a 400 though against nobody? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, I guess like, it's just like, yeah, it's like, that's even dumber, sure. And we've seen versions of that, absolutely, where it's someone's running the 150 and someone's running the 200. Yeah, yeah. Who should make event, the decision, like, I guess? Who who should make the decision of what events they run do you, in a yeah, meet like, like this? I mean, I get it's on the athlete to like make that decision. Like, I'm sure Adidas just says, hey, Sydney, you have to run in this event. New Balance. She's like, got it. Yeah. New Balance. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, New Balance. They're like, hey, you have to run this. And she's like, no problem. I'm going to enter the 60 and that's fine. And that's the thing, right? Like they get to choose when they run and I'm not necessarily against that except when I am and that's going <laughs> to boring and stupid. Well, and yeah. city running the 60 is boring and you could say indoor doesn't matter. And we just went through a meet where we basically, you know, had a ton of stars and we basically just said every meet, every event doesn't really matter. It can just be fun, but her running the 60 isn't even fun. Well, but here's here's where I'm looking at it is okay. They say you got to run this meet. She knows she got to run this meet. Here's a list of events you can run. Why would she want to run a 500 right now? 400 is her event. That's as far as she goes. It's like why in February are you going to sign up to run a? That doesn't seem fun, does it at all? No, I say she she picked the easiest thing, and I say and this is not just a Sydney thing because. Well, but major stars have been doing this forever. So, like, I, I, I'm not specifically coming down on Sydney for this, but also it's like, hey, the athlete who never runs decided to run 60 meters, not in, in an event we knew she would be bad at, and not qualify for a final. Like, it's like, why'd she sh- like don't show up? And I know that wasn't an option, but like, she did as good as not showing up. Well, but I also think on the flip side of it is we have a lot of athletes not even running because they don't want to lose and she signed up for a thing where she got lost now i i know you're saying that everybody's expectations were that she wouldn't make the final but it's still like she has this broader audience outside of track nerds 
were probably well, I guess it wasn't on TV, so they couldn't see it. But <laughs> theoretically, if they could see it, like, wait, why is this? Why is she getting si- seventh in her heat? That's weird, right? That's and track athletes, especially really really successful ones, professional athletes, like they want to win and they're used to winning. So she didn't mind losing, which I think, and she ran against good competition. She actually beat some people. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I for me, beat. this is for me. This is closer to like her competing in the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, and it's it's in like there's a limit too, right? So we, I I think why I'm more forgiving too is she's a four meter hurdler. There's no four meter hurdles indoors. Well, actually, I've seen some videos, and that looks insane. You you, <laughs> you people are crazy. The four even the four hundred indoors, nobody does because it's yeah. a totally different event. So she's pretty far. So her options aren't good. So this is but a But Femke Bowl is the same. I mean, it does the same thing. 100%. But I think Femke Bowl has even fewer options because they're not going to put her in the 60. So they say, okay, go. And, and Sydney's been in that position where she's run that 500 before. And she blows everybody out. Just like. Yeah. Just and, like and if it was the 500 and Femke wasn't there, then again, it doesn't matter. But it's like the only way you make that event worth a damn is to have those two square off and it's a track problem not a sydney problem that that never happens yeah because the people making the decisions aren't thinking man what are the most people going to want to see yeah the the people making decisions of putting the the meet together have different motivations yeah well and the athletes too i mean like the athletes could do themselves some favors and make things more like right like there's always the thing of i mean we talked about it for a decade where it's like, hey, let's make sure these two top athletes don't square off before the world championship final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? Like, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah, no, it'll take away from the final if they do that. Bullshit. <laughs> Straight well, up. I mean, like, that is the dumbest excuse in the world. And I'm not saying this is the equivalent to that, but it's like, that's what, you know, we've been fed by track. And, and but, but the athletes have the option, right? And they decide not to. The interesting part of, David's email, I thought, touches on that idea, right? About how there's this antiquate. What is that? Let me read this back. It feels like some out, outdated adage that coaches, agents, meet organizers, and advertisers preach to athletes to not go head to head. Keep us wondering who yep. is better between the two. See, I don't think that was ever the case, especially in track. I don't think that ever was a good reason in track, but I think he's right that it appears now even more outdated because there's just more competition for eyeballs now on sports than there ever has been. And you also have the ability to attract attention to, to niche sports way more than you used to be able to in the past. So running a lot, creating exciting moments wherever they are should be prioritized we don't want to wait six months for one prize fight, right? People want to see it as much as much as they can. So I think that's that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I think it is this this antiquated thing that for whatever reason, and it never made sense to me. And it's just like, it, it, I guess it's like, I, I, it just, no matter how much someone ties this, you know, it's like, oh, you don't want to lose the regular season. Like, why? Like, I don't know. Like, you lose to your rival once and then it's like, you, you set up the revenge angle or, hey, trying to even up the thing or, you know, they, they're 
you know, they, they split the season two and two, like this is the final one or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I, I, there's just, there's no really downside to it. And it's like, if you want to be professional, if you don't want to risk losing, don't be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Like get that out of here. Like that, that's, that's a garbage excuse. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, there's a couple things at play here. And I don't think Sydney was afraid of losing to Femme Keeble. Like I, I don't think that was the case. Well, that, and that, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the, this and this whole I think it just would have been more fun. It, it definitely would have been if you said here are the list of people who are competing and like put some matchups together. Yeah, you'd probably put those two together because of their similarity in event. But I don't think we should act like Bowl versus Sydney is, you know, equivalent to. Warholm versus Dos Santos or something like that, or Benjamin, right? It's just not. No, it's not. Yeah. But it's better than. It's not Bull you know, Gatlin 2015. Right? Let's no, just... but it's better than like Bull versus fill in the blank. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. I, 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 I agree. Yeah. And, but yeah, th- there's the loss angle. There's the I- I- indoor, not taking it seriously angle for everybody, basically in track. There's the just wait until. We get to outdoors and then just wait until the big meets and then the just wait until the last meet attitude of the track season. All that's it's, and then the the sponsor side of it too. Of hey, we want to see you run, but we want to see you run just in this one specific setting. So I hope you're able. to Yeah, do this it. is a bigger problem outdoors than indoors because I again indoors is what it is. Yeah, and that's fine. I would still like it to be better. Like if we could make it better, why wouldn't we? Right, but like it's it is a much bigger deal. In hey, we've got this huge mid-season meet that's you know going to be awesome and for whatever reason you know and i remember we had this with like bolts running the the 200 and blake's running the 150 and yeah. it was like that 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 was the biggest slap in the face that you could possibly do to like your your audience mm-hmm. all right you want me to read the okay hold on i'll do one more and then i'll do the chat gpt uh how's the run movie post oh yeah um we actually got a couple here here's from uh Jay Wilson, not a beach boy, who's running in his fifth pair of Kinvara 12s in Cincinnati, Ohio. Nice. Uh, hey, guys. I just so happened to be listening to the pod Saturday morning, mere hours before the New Balance Grand Prix, so the preview was not in vain. I actually didn't watch the yes. meet, but I was satisfied to know I was well prepared if I wanted to. <laughs> I've been meaning to email in regard to something very important you discussed several weeks ago, the center of the universe. The universe must be some sort of weird shape with two centers because I know of another spot just like the one you described. Where is the place, you ask? Smack dab in the pork, former port capital and current Valencia of the Midwest, Cincinnati, Ohio. Ours <laughs> is located at the University of Cincinnati campus. It's similarly identified. Okay, so this was the Tulsa thing, right? The marathon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Center of the thing with the noise. Our, uh, it's similarly identified with a circle of brickwork, and when you stand in the center and look in a particular direction, you hear everything you say like it's being said right next to your own ear. We call ours the Echo Point, so we definitely need to overhaul our branding department. Not sure why both Tulsa and Cincinnati felt the need to make these, but I guess when you live in a city where there's, quote, not much to do, that's a Joe Burrow quote, you have time to discover such gems. Thanks for the pod. That's Jay. And then we have Zach. Have we talked about the Echo Point in Cincinnati before? It sounds familiar, but maybe I'm... No, it was Tulsa. It was when we talked about it in Tulsa with the marathon. No, but like I'm talking about like years ago. Oh, possibly. maybe. I just, I've had I, I, And maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Chasing. Don't but remember any I'm, Either way, I'm intrigued. And hey, I have to go to Ohio for work. So if I'm in Cincinnati, <laughs> going to Echo Point. All right. Uh, 
Zach wrote in the best four by four and four by one teams. The oh, yeah. Trevor's topic. You got to use the same group of four. He said, "This is my team." After hearing the email, but before hearing your thoughts, I wonder how similar similar it is. How well this email ages? So he has Norman Curly, Bidnerick, Lyles, and then the world. He has DeGrasse, the other Canadian sprinter, <laughs> Joseph Fanbelay, and then Jareem Richards. Uh, then he followed up on the women's team: Steiner, Thomas, Prandini, Clark, and then for the women, Jackson, Miller, Weibo, Favor, Ophelia, and then Cofield. Uh, he says in Bowman saying he can't compete in the 400, but I didn't have them. Um, yeah, he says that was, Steiner was a lock, but I kind of just stayed with 200 runners. I don't feel great about Prandini at four by four, but I wouldn't feel, but I wouldn't feel great. Sydney's 100 PR is 11:07 from 2018, and she'd have a flying start. Hmm. And then, um. I like Jason's logic of just trusting a 49, 400-meter runner with a flying start. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind, of my, that's kind of my default. I'm like, hey, if you can run 49 or 43, then you can, yeah, get, get going. You don't have to worry about you getting off the line. I feel good about it. All right, so this is Matt. I have no experience writing, but with the help of AI, a few prompts, and a small bit of editing, I present to you a movie script. Warning, this is a long one, and it is long. Uh, House of Run the Movie as written by ChatGPT. You ready? Let's do it. Uh, throughout the movie House of Run, the movie, the audience is guided through the story by the smooth, melodic voice of Brooks. He serves as the narrator, providing context and insight into the events taking place on screen. The movie opens with Brooks setting the scene, describing the old Hayward Field at the University of Oregon, introducing the main characters, Kevin and Jason. As the story unfolds, Brooks provides commentary on the different plot points and character motivations, adding depth and meaning to the events taking place. Throughout the movie, Brooks's narration serves as a unifying thread, tying together the different elements of the story and providing a deeper understanding whoops, of the characters and events. As Brooks is talking, Kevin is seen cutting across the infield of the old Hayward Field at the University of Oregon. The background music is an acoustic guitar playing the American Records song. Damn. We see Kevin start running in slow motion as he takes in the sights and sounds of the historic track. He stops and takes a deep breath, looking around at the stands and the track, taking in the memories of past races and champions. He looks determined as he starts running again, his feet pounding the ground as he makes his way toward the finish line. As the camera zooms out, we see that he is the only one on the track and the stands are empty. The scene ends with Kevin crossing the finish line and the camera cuts to the title of the movie, House of Run, the movie. So that was just the opening, guys. Just the opening. I mean, I'm in. Like, it's, What do I need to do? I want to see this. As the House of Run theme song plays, runners are preparing for a relay in a parking garage. The runners are all dressed in their team's <laughs> colors, each with their name and number on the back of the singlet. They look focused as they practice their relay exchanges. The camera then cuts to show individual runners practicing their exchanges with the super shoes on as they pass the baton to each <laughs> other. Man, this AI is incredible. There are shots of runners doing strides, focusing on their handoffs and visualizing the race. As the scene ends, the team is seen running out of the parking garage, ready to compete in the 32 by 50 meter relay race. <laughs> in the next scene, the movie flashes back to Kevin and Jason's high school days in suburban Las Vegas. They're sitting in their high school track coach's office, flipping through a copy of Runner's World magazine. They are in awe of the celebrities of the media of, uh, and running world, like Malcolm Gladwell and Otto Bolden. They dream of one day being as famous and successful as they are. In a vision, Otto appears to Jason, sitting across from him at the desk. There are no easy doubles, he tells him, <laughs> referring to the idea of winning two races in the same track meet. He emphasizes the difficulty and dedication it takes to accomplish such a feat. 
Jason is struck by this, and it becomes a mantra for him throughout the movie, pushing him to work harder and strive for success. Back in the present, Kevin and Jason have achieved their dream (laughs) of becoming successful running podcast hosts, but they still remember their high school aspirations in the words of Otto as they work towards their next goal. The scene serves to show the audience how the characters have grown and how their past experiences shape who they are today. A transition scene opens in a lecture hall at a university where a group of academics are sitting around a large table discussing amortization. (laughs) I think very few people get nobody gets this at this point. Everyone else can you can stop listening if you want. I don't care. I I, this is for me. I'm enjoying this so much. They are dressed in suits and carrying briefcases and laptops. They are discussing the different methods of amortization and the pros and cons. (laughs) Suddenly, one of the academics brings up the issue of terminology. I think we should be using the term state instead of states, he argues. <laughs> it's, more, it's more accurate oh, and precise. I can't handle it. The discussion quickly turns into a heated debate as the academics <laughs> passionately argue their points. Some are in favor of state while others are in favor of states. The arguments become more and more intense with people talking over each other and raising their voices. As the scene ends, the debate is still ongoing with no clear resolution in sight. The academics are still passionately discussing and arguing, showing no signs of stopping. The camera slowly focuses on a shadowy figure in the back corner of the lecture hall, his face obscured by darkness. The figure picks up the phone and dials a number. A voicemail beep is heard. On the other end of the line, Chief, listen carefully. I have an important (laughs) message for you. Next scene, an empty stadium in Doha. A man appears to be living in the press box. Without limits, is playing on a television in the background. A disheveled Sebco suddenly awakens to a threatening knock. The henchman uh, says, I need to speak with you, Sebco. Who are you? Henchman, I can't say, but I have a voicemail message for you from Chief. Sebco, <laughs> Chief? I've never heard of him. Henchman, you don't want to mess with Chief. He's got connections everywhere. Just give him the schedule and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> the camera cuts back to the shadowy figures. Uh, Chief, voicemail, previously being recorded. I will not be stopped, not by some amateur podcasters. I will have that schedule and I will destroy the competition. I'll get Ronald Guliev to steal it if I need to. <laughs> The camera fades to black as the ominous music plays in the background. To break the tension, the next scene is a comedy scene in which Julian is seen in a pub near the Cuddy Sark in London. (laughs) He is sitting at a table, sipping a pint, eating a Costco muffin, and looking agitated. He keeps repeating, I'm pissed, throughout the scene as he complains about the (laughs) 10-day track schedule published by Warren Athletics. As the scene begins, we see Julian complain to the lounge singer named Scooter. I'm pissed. I can't believe they published this 10-day track schedule. How am I supposed to watch all these events, he says. (laughs) Scooter, who sounds a bit like Robert Goulet, tries to cheer him up (laughs) by telling him about the history of the Diamond League and singing a song about it. Julian is not impressed and continues to grumble and curse. I'm telling you, I'm just so damn pissed, he says. And a mixed gender (laughs) (laughs) 4x4. As the scene ends, the lounge singer notices Julian's frustration and tries to cheer him up. By pulling out some spoons from a backpack and encouraging <laughs> Julian to play along with the song he's singing. The scene is meant to oh be a comedic God. relief, and it shows Julian's grumpiness and his tendency to overreact and complain. Moreover, it serves as a comedic device using the backpack full of spoons and the lounge singer's performance to entertain Julian and the audience. The final act opens with Jason sitting at a small table in a crowded sports book, surrounded by papers and notes. Jason envisions Otto sitting across from him. No easy doubles. He's focused on his work, creating the perfect schedule for the upcoming 10-inch track meet for world championships. Suddenly, the door to the casino bursts open, and a man dressed in black shorts 
over tights enters. He scans the room quickly and makes a beeline for Jason's table. Jason looks up, surprised, and starts to gather his papers, knowing that something is not right. The man reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small device. He points it at Jason and says, I have a voicemail from Chief. He wants the track meet schedule that you've been working on. Jason, I'm not giving that schedule to anyone. It's for the athletes and the fans, not some criminal organization. <laughs> Jason stands up, ready to defend himself, but before he can react, oh my God. the man is tackled by a group of people dressed in bright blue and red spandex. They are the Tribritsons, the Norwegian brothers <laughs> who are known for their superhuman stamina and speed. The man in black fights back, but he's no match for the Tribritsons. They subdue him, tie him up, and place a Viking helmet over his head. One of the brothers, known as Elder Britson, put pulls out a cell phone and dials a number. Earth Sports, he says. I have the schedule. Jason looks confused. He has never heard war athletics referred to as Earth Sports before. <laughs> Good work, says a voice on the other end of the line. Now destroy it. The man in black overhears this, and he, he does as he's told and crushes the schedule in his hand. The Tribritsons take, on, uh, take him to custody and turn to Jason. Are you okay, one of them says. Yeah, I'm fine, says Jason, still in shock. But how do you know he was coming? The Tribritsons exchange a knowing look. We have our ways, one of them says with a smile. I noticed he was wearing Richard Kilty's spikes. As they walk away with the henchman, the scene cuts to a shot of Eugene, Oregon, and zooms in. <laughs> You're right. I just laughed so much. I'm starting to cough. Uh, and zooms in on the tower at the new Hayward Field. The climactic scene takes place at the newly renovated Hayward Field, where Kevin and Jason have finally tracked down Chief to a secret lair at the top of the Bowerman Tower. And they make their way up to the top floor and find themselves face-to-face -face with Chief, who reveals himself to be a former rival runner who has been jealous of Kevin and Jason's success and has been trying to sabotage their plans. As Chief taunts them, Kevin and Jason are determined to end his plans. They engage in a physical and mental battle with Chief, using their knowledge and skills as podcasters to outsmart him. <laughs> the angry world record song plays in the background as they use their training and strategy to finally defeat Chief. Uh, Jason, we need to take this to the authorities, but we also need to make sure we're protected. We can't let, let Chief destroy the sport we love. Kevin, agreed. We'll do whatever it takes to protect the schedule. As Chief's plans are foiled and he's arrested, Kevin and Jason stand victorious on top of the Bowerman Towerman looking at the new Hayward Field. The camera pans out to show a beautiful view of the rebuilt stadium filled with runners and fans with the background music of a piano playing the world record song. The movie ends with Kevin and Jason standing together ankle deep in an unknown body of water. <laughs> <laughs> Reflecting on all that they have accomplished, they simultaneously drop their microphones into the water, cut to black. Credits roll with background footage of Scooter in a lounge, singing a brand new House of Run movie theme song, intermixed with track and field footage, humans racing animals, a street beat, and audio clips from the House of Run podcast. The camera pulls back through the audience, and a small smile is seen in Julian's face. After credits bounce scene, a shadowy figure sits in the corner of the dark jail cell, mumbling to himself, why won't he just drink the milk? Drink the milk, Brandon. Just drink the milk. Ah, uh, The end. I'm... That's our own version of Threat Level Midnight from The Office, <laughs> and I... I mean, I will never say... In February, the uh, email of the year is over, but good luck to anybody trying to challenge that because that was incredible. <laughs> Movie script of the year, right? Certainly. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give this all the awards. Um, <laughs> if the chat GPT, I, 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 you know. I want to know what prompts. What prompts that's the thing. It's like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm so intrigued because I've, I've heard a lot about, you know, like the, the AI different versions of this stuff, but I don't really know exactly how they work. Um, 
but I'm, I'm apparently I'm all in on AI now. So because they 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 made this, that was that was hilarious. Well done. Thank you so much for. Uh, oh man, that killed me. For that was that so in. funny. That was. I'm glad we. I'm glad we saved it to where I could fully read it. But well done. It has to be the longest email we've sent or read. Thank you, oh, man. absolutely! You, you did a great job, by the way. Um, I, you know, well done, because that's 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 a long time to keep reading, and I feel like you paced it really well. Like I, I could picture it all in my head. <laughs> hey, all the credit goes to Matt. I was just uh, I was just reading it, but yeah, a lot of good throwback references there too. So, oh, it was. Hopefully, so people wonderful. got it. Thank if, you, Matt. Yeah, if not, uh, well, you'll pick up the references soon enough. If you didn't get them, they'll come back to you. They'll loop around at some point, but. We'll leave it there. Enjoy Milrose this weekend. There's a bunch of other meets too. There should be a lot to talk about next week. Only some of it will be Milrose. I think there'll be some some quick times all throughout the world. Got more stuff going on in Europe. BU's running a meet, so it should be exciting. But any any last words? Good luck to you, Jason. Getting the uh, getting to Willie Mays tomorrow. I appreciate that. Yep, that's that. That's the goal. That'll that'll round off this trip. I'm uh. I'm excited. So, uh, yeah, thanks for, for recording with me in the uh, central time zone here. You know, it was, it was big. Nice. Well, thanks for thanks for doing it on the work trip with no mic stand. You're just you've been holding the mic the entire time. Brave. Well, you're stand up guy. So that's it makes me. Yeah, work. I never did it. Now I never did an 80 minute special though. So this is this was new to me. Not yet. That was the one thing that was holding you back. Just mic stamina. And now it's you know true. you have I mean, it. So man, I feel like I'm, my, my hand is shaking. Like I'm barely holding on. Hello Netflix. <laughs> I've proven that I can hold a mic for an hour. I need an hour. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis. I'm not giving that schedule to anyone. It's for the athletes and the fans, not some criminal organization.